Miracy. I'm Tad Hargrave, and you're listening to Making It. I run marketingforhippies.com, and I help hippies figure out how to market their businesses better. So I grew up in Westmount in Edmonton, and my mom and dad sent me and my brother to a Waldorf school, one of these uh, Steiner schools, and it was so beautiful. I had the most wonderful time. I went through grade six, and then it collapsed due to politics, as these things often do. But between kindergarten and grade six, it, the Waldorf philosophy is very much based, you know, let a child be a child, let them play, don't force them to do the book learning too early, and this notion of the whole child. And and so I was learning Norse mythology, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Gilgamesh. I was hearing all of these stories as a kid told to me by my teacher at the front of the room. And and I remember, yeah, I looked at some photos of you know, my mom and all the other parents realizing, oh man, I'm the same age as them now. It's like, oh, they, they were me. You know, they were they were trying to do something. They were trying to make some sort of community in the face of this, you know, insane neon lit strip mauled existence of modern society they were trying to do something about that and every solstice we would have a big bonfire and stories would be told around the fire they make the kids go get wood more we need more wood the bonfire needs to be <laughs> keep us occupied for hours and it was a magical time and then i ended up going to for high school i went to a uh, an arts high school victoria school for the performing arts which was also wonderful. That got me into improv comedy, which I did semi-professionally for 25 years. And yeah, it was wonderful. I'm in high school and I open a newspaper and there's an ad for a board-breaking event that I thought was led by Tony Robbins himself, but turned out it was a local franchise of his. And I'd watched his you know, personal power infomercials. I'd gotten the cassettes. And I was so excited. I was really into leadership stuff, personal growth stuff. So I went to this event and Tony wasn't there. I was, I was disappointed, but they were doing these seminars. And I was, you know, oh my God, there are these current Tony Robbins seminars in town. And so I said, do you need any volunteers? And they said, you know, we could use some volunteers, um, stuffing envelopes, sharpening pencils, etc." And I was over the moon. I just would show up all the time. What can I do? And one day, this fellow, Darren, who was running it, sat me down. He said, hey, would you like to do some sales? Maybe we could hire you. I joined a group called Bali, the Business Alliance for Local Living Economies. It was like a chamber of commerce for, for hippies sort of, and, and, and hipsters to get together and try to protect their local communities. Because I began to learn how when a huge corporation, you know, like Walmart, or Barnes and Noble or whatever comes into a community, how it just siphons money out. Uh, my local bookstore, Audrey's Books in Edmonton, when I spend money with them, their graphic designers local, their accountants are local, all their staff live locally, they give to local charities, it's all local. But if I shop at, let's say, chapters in Canada or Barnes and Noble or something like this, it all goes to Toronto or New York. So much of the money leaves Edmonton and it'll never come back or very rarely, and it further centralizes power. So I wanted to support local folks. And, you know, in the last few years, I've been brought in to help farmers quite a bit, which is so strange, having no background in farming myself, um, working with crafters, permaculture people, uh, yeah, holistic practitioners, of course, life coaches. And I think a lot of us see 
the insanity of what's happening in the world. And it's just this hellish time of we're trying to, some of us, dismantle the systems that are destroying the fabric of, of life and ecosystems and cultures while we are building something new, while we're trying to sustain ourselves in the middle of it. I decided, yeah, I wanted to work with hippies. I wanted to work with ethical businesses. And I did one workshop in Calgary, a dear old friend, Troy White, who's a copywriter there. He hosted me, but he brought his people and used car salesmen, some, you know, it was just all sorts of, and they just weren't hippies at all. And it was the first time I thought, oh, these are not my people. This is not my crowd. And you can just feel it in the room. There was this crunch and, you know, people would say what they did. You know, I work for this mining company and I'm in the front of the room thinking, do I help them or not? And it was one of the only times that's ever happened, but I never want to be in this position again. I never want to be, do I, what's more important here? The laws of courtesy and hospitality or, you know, the trying to stop this work. Like I wanted to stop their work. I wanted to end their work. I didn't want to, or, you know, change it dramatically. I didn't want to help it as it was. And, you know, on, on my social media, I'm fairly, I suppose, consistent or transparent about how I see things because I don't just post marketing stuff. I'll post things, what I believe about other issues. And so that's drawn people in as well who not just resonate with the marketing piece, but my values and how I see the world. And yeah, that's only deepened over time. Most of the people I have are absolutely not driven by money. Frequently driven by the lack of money, <laughs> but not money. Getting rich abstractly is not an idea. Increasingly, getting enough money to buy some land to start some sort of eco-community is, is a drive, but they don't tend to want to get rich. And it's I, I had to start speaking to the marketing piece and why it mattered in my early workshops, because I think they just saw, well, capitalism is bad and marketing is a form of capitalism and marketing is just purely evil. And so then there's this huge tear inside of people of I either have to do this marketing and participate in the evil system to sustain myself or I don't and I get to feel good and smug and vaguely morally superior to others but be broke. And there was that real tear and so I had to, and it's in the name, marketing for hippies, trying to bridge these worlds of marketing and hippies and help them see a way that they can sustain themselves while sustaining the world and that marketing was not an inherent evil but might actually be an expression of their values. There was one moment I was in Edinburgh and I did a workshop and somebody said to me, I said, Tad, I've been to all these marketing workshops and they basically say the same stuff. It's the same material and they just repackage it. But this, this is yours. This is you. Like I've never heard somebody say the things you're saying or in the way you're saying them. And that was a moment where I just felt, ah, cause I'd worked so hard. My first workshops were just not great. I'd try to figure out how to say it and sometimes I'd hit the mark and then other times I could see people were so confused. And then along the way, yeah, there were the moments when people just started insisting on paying me for a free workshop. Another moment was I was in Toronto, I did a pay which can weekend workshop and the deal was you make four payments, there's a hundred dollar deposit and then four payments spread out over the year for any dates and any amounts you want. And I got home and I was looking through the checks, people pay by check. And one of them was four checks for $450. So somebody had voluntarily decided to pay me $1,800. And I remember thinking, I have to send some of this back. This is too much. And I had to just breathe, you know. 
because it just felt overwhelming. But I, I'd taken half an hour at the end to really make sure they knew that they could pay whatever. And then it was so moving. This woman chose to pay me that amount. And I just thought I must be doing something right if she chose to pay me $1,800. I do feel like in a lot of ways I have made it in my business. It took a long time, but for me making it means in the beginning of entrepreneurship, it's like you're, you're swimming from one island to the other island and back. It's just all you. It's all raw effort, trying to keep yourself afloat. Don't drown. Warm yourself up when you get to the other side. Warm yourself up when you get back. It's, it's just immensely hard work. And then eventually maybe you find a log and a little paddle and you can just use that and it's, it's less work. Then maybe you find a few logs and you can lash them together. Now you have a raft and you don't even have to have your legs in the water freezing to death. So, and I feel like I've gotten to a point where I've got a, a real boat and I, it's a boat that carries me across one island to the other and can carry other people too. Other people I employ, the people I work with, and that it doesn't require me to be there all the time. So what it's given me is an immense amount of freedom. And part of making it too, I think has to do with reputation and when you get to a certain point, there's a good buzz about you. And so it means I don't ever have to convince somebody to work with me. I never have a conversation where I'm trying to persuade anyone to work with me. It's usually the other way around me trying to talk them down from it. So to me, making it is I, I stuck in one niche long enough, did good work long enough, took good enough care of people. And it's so much smoother. I feel like I'm in the, the wave, I'm in a boat on a smooth lake traveling around and now I'll keep building the boat. I'll keep making additions to it and pontoons and extensions to it and, and uh, keep fixing it up. But boy, I'm so glad. I feel so grateful these days that I have a business like this that is able to carry me. I'm Tad Hargrave and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at marketingforhippies.com. Making It is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.